0: trophy kids we've got an awesome show here for you today we were talking about the situation with the mets nfl hiring of coaches in the eric Benamy situation and we're giving out our picks for this week's conference championship games it's a good one let's go <laughs> Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is January 22nd. As always, I'm your host, Nate. We got Tim and Dante on the phone today, or actually, I guess, not phone, video conference. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Same thing. Yeah, same thing. We're doing great.
1: Doing well, doing well, avoiding COVID. Always good. Always
0: good. Mm -hmm. Uh, College basketball is not doing that as of right now. I swear, Tim and I haven't seen a Xavier game. I don't know, something Nom at this point. Um, <laughs> it seems like every team in the big East has it. So yeah, not, not really, uh, we're not going with the Rons or how do you say his last name? Rothstein, Rothstein, uh, stay positive test negative line. Not, not really applying in college basketball this year. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, we knew this was going to happen and it seems like it's just sweeping through conferences right now.
2: Horrendous. Yep. It does. And conferences also Also kind of feel like they don't really know what to do with it.
0: No, no, no plan whatsoever. Like there's
2: no real rescheduling of games or any like foresight or like this, this team is negative and that team's negative and they both got their games canceled so we can play still, but it's just enough a nightmare
0: and it's not like they weren't one of the first sports to have to cancel due to the start of covid either so it's not like they haven't <laughs> right. had forever to prepare for this
1: literally the sport that got canceled. <laughs> yeah
0: so hey now great job um yeah 2021 off to a off to an interesting start in the sports world i mean i think we can already declare the scumbag of the year well maybe not there's a lot of scumbags out there but the big sporting news this week that's gm jared porter i think his name
2: what was his last name? I have name? no idea what his name is. This is bad. I my just part. know he's a scumbag.
0: Horrible. 62 or 60 texts unanswered, one of them, of what he was claiming is a stock photo of a penis. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, people need a little bit more shame and anxiety in the world. Can you ever imagine texting somebody more than three to two times without getting a response? Like, I can't. If I don't get a response from somebody on the first text, I don't text them back for another couple days unless it's, like, something I need.
1: I right. don't. I mean, I, under, I don't understand this at all. And it's, it, One, from obviously a communication standpoint, but two, from like, this is a reporter, somebody who, this, don't harass anyone through text message, first and foremost. I think that's the official Trophy Kids podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well endorsed. Um, but secondly, like, it's so hard for, we've talked before about women in the sports world, and then you gotta deal with, this garbage, like, this, yeah, scumbag is too light of a word.
2: Right, yeah, and let's not let ESPN get a pass here either, because in this article that they wrote, it says, in December 2017, ESPN obtained the messages after being alerted to their existence by a baseball source.
1: Yep, same thing that they did with the MSU stuff. They sat on it. I they will... sat on it,
2: waited till it was going to elicit a reaction and then ran it. So I yep. will say one thing in that
0: because I saw another article, because I saw that article and then I've seen another one since then that gave a little bit more clarity into that. Apparently, that was the request of the woman involved in the story because ah, in her, she okay. is a foreign correspondent in her culture. It's not like here we're having kind of the me too movement and there's a big uproar around these things and there's more support, but in her where she's from, apparently it is not that case at all. And she afraid it was hurt. Now I don't know if that's true or not. Cause that's ESPN saying that there's no direct quote from the woman initially on that. She did quote, she is quoted as saying like in her country, it's a different, like they get dragged through the mud through this association. So they did offer some clarity in that, but yes, initially I, I thought the same thing too. Like, Wow, ESPN! What what a shitbag move to just hold this story. But apparently, that's the reason why they didn't release it in oh my, 2017.
2: Oh my goodness! After one of the one of the stock photos, he follows <laughs> it up by saying, "Am I annoying you?" Yes that yeah. that was the craziest yes. part. I read some of <laughs> <Yes>. these texts. <laughs> I'm just it was just like, going down these texts right now. I knew it was creepy, so I didn't really care to click on it. But am I annoying you? Mad at me? Question mark?
0: Yes. Like there was one from August 11th. I mean, there was one there that he's. St- he's self-aware and then the one after that he has a question mark are you there question mark mad at me question mark sad face come to la you can watch i don't know it's bleeped out so some word workout and watch blank play like what are we doing here what i can't even i i know like sports to be a woman in sports i don't know what it's like but i've got to imagine it's horrifying um just because this is just the ladies example on a thousand other examples um and the fact that he was able to get to a GM job. But like this dude needs some more shame and anxiety in his life cuz to go to continue to do this. Like after the there's one where he was like in the early ones where they like it started off sort of innocent where he's like you're so pretty, do you have a boyfriend and then a selfie of himself making an o face. Like after not getting a response there, like how do you continue to I mean, text? Even
1: that.
0: Like even that's weird. And I, yeah. it's too far. <laughs> I agree. I'm not saying but Starts I'm just like weird how does you yeah,
1: it yeah how does the
0: brain not automatically go like what am i doing like why yeah. how, am, how are you going to continue to follow up text like that
1: if i one i would never send that but two if yes. i said that my the follow-up text to that would be like i sorry this, i've clearly lost my mind Yes, <laughs> this is the most embarrassing thing i've ever done
2: <laughs> like unbelievable up to power relatively quickly too i mean he's only four what 41 years old
0: yes and like it's Like, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about it from my perspective. Like, how the fuck does that ever happen? It's not funny in the fact that, like, it, like we are very against this, obviously. But it's just like, what the fuck, dude? Um, But credit to the ownership group, because they moved relatively fast on this um, and fired him after being hired on December 16th. And Steve Cohen's been pretty accessible about this, and he he clarified that they have zero tolerance for this type of behavior. So credit to him on that, because there are, I would think there are, there are probably some organizations that might have taken a little bit longer to deal with this, or not dealt with this at all. Um, type of deal. Yep. So, with that being we said, know
1: how oh sorry, go ahead. The photos were obtained. Not that it matters.
0: Um, I don't. I'm sure the woman provided them. I'd have to imagine, yeah. but um... there were
2: stock photos. <laughs> yes. Stock photos. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's and that one where he's friends, got a, like a bulge over his. In his pants, uh, Anthony Weiner style move there. Like he saw just how so that he saw how that story went and was like, "Yeah, this
1: will be successful in my world."
0: Like what? What are we
1: doing? Um, just weird. Send, Just don't send these type of pictures. Period. But definitely not unsolicited. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, like it's just I don't know. There's a lot of shitbag dudes out there. We're we've got a. There's a lot of. Uh, how do I put this? Not so great representations in our in our collective, orient or sex. I would say, as far as men go, <laughs> could have put like it right. away a little
1: bit more eloquently if, uh, there. But if the pictures did come from her and they weren't leaked, like she was brave enough to say, "Hey, this person is harassing harassing me," you know, shout yeah. out to her. But I'm sure, obviously, you pointed out, like if it's definitely like a cultural cultural barrier there as well, I'm sure that this was beyond. Um, challenging for her to come oh, 100%. Forward
0: and, and huge credit. She was the one who came. She did come forward because um, in this article that I have on ESPN, she's quoted in it, but she decided to come forward if, as long as they kept her anonymous uh, mm-hmm. because of the issue. Because she's now no longer, from my understanding, a reporter in baseball and is back in her home country. Mm. Um, but she felt that because he, his rise to prominence and was going to have a very powerful job in the baseball world that she didn't want this to happen to somebody else um, and did do it on the the promise that they kept her name sort of out of it um, for fear of what would happen in her home country. So um, she did come forward, at least according to this article that was written uh, by uh, Mia Kims and Jeff Parson on uh, the 18th. So and Jeff Parson's pretty good. So, I think it's re- good uh, reporting there. Jeff yeah, Passon. Jeff Passon, sorry. We know. We know <laughs> every time. Nate, names every names time. are not my deal. <laughs> names are not my deal. It's only going to get a whole lot worse here when we start talking about co- or, uh, coaching hires here because there is there was a press conference today that I think, Tim, you got very excited for. It's hard not to <laughs> with the Lions' mm-hmm. new coach here. I mean, how, how I was ready doing? to run
2: through a wall for that man after he said that.
0: <laughs> Would you <clears> like to uh, take the lead on this one? I mean, you both are Lions fans. I know Tim is a little bit more here, though. But interesting <laughs> I mean, press conference a to stay the low.
1: Fan is a stretch. <laughs> Someone who lived, lived in the city of Detroit most of his life and begrudgingly rooted for the Lions is what I am.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes. So I love the fact that the guy went up there and said, uh, I'm not going to give you any coaches speak. You've had enough of that shit over your years and just said it blatantly like that after the the last coach was such a victim of the media for no reason other than he couldn't coach worth a damn. <laughs> That's um, a pretty good reason. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he got really defensive last time. So this guy was really out there, and um, it was interesting. I will say that as well. Um, he's a very... A very football guy, which kind of scares me a little bit because you never really know with them and how good they're going to be as head coaches. Um, And he's not really an X's and O guy either, Um, so I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I'm kind of hopeful that he's going to be able to uh, assume that CEO role and delegate to a strong offensive coordinator and a strong defensive coordinator. But I don't know. It's still the Lions. I'm still nervous. Um, as happy as I can be with how that press conference went, I still really don't know how the season's going to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell signs a six-year deal with the Lions. Um, he has interim head coach experience. He took over for the Dolphins when Joe Philbin got fired in 2015. He went 5-7 and seven as the interim coach through 12 games. Not terrible. But, yeah, he's not going to be an X's and O guy, which, honestly – Is probably, I mean, most of the times is what you're looking for in a head coach. Um, because I think so many X's and O's guys or scheme guys that believe in their scheme, um, try to do too much. And most of the time, great coaching comes from a leadership position where you're more of acting the CEO, um, in coordination and in tandem with your GM. Um, so it, I don't know, maybe it works out. Um, but
2: Yeah, real quick on that too. You mentioned scheme guy, and he said he's not a scheme guy. If he he specifically said if our left tackle is better than their right end, we're going to be running behind the left tackle 10 times in a row because he keeps beating them. Um, If we need to pass the ball 10 times, because our slot wide receivers getting open all the time we're going to pass the ball 10 times in a row if they just don't stop them like that's what we're going to do so we're going to take what the defense gives us and same thing on defense we're going to we're going to put our guys in uh, their best situations to succeed which is very different than what the last coaching staff and regime did
1: that takes a like level of understanding the game in the moment I would be interested to see that play out on paper for for the Lions. Maybe this has worked for other teams, and as I, I, I'm interested to see. Well, that. yeah, you're right. The Lions don't have
2: anybody that's really going to beat the other team at any position one on one. So that's a that's a whole another situation. But um, I like that I mean, he's he not that he's years. going to try and and accumulate talent and beat the, and put them in the positions to succeed rather than put them in the, this defensive scheme or put them in this off specific offensive scheme that may or may not work for the group of guys that you have.
1: So let me ask you this, Tim and uh, Nate, if I am this new head coach, right? I'm, I'm Campbell. Mm-hmm. Do we depart from Stafford? And if I'm Stafford, do I also say, hey, it's, it might be time for me to leave the Lions?
2: I'm in a weird situation with that. I don't know how I feel. Like, I want them to move on from Stafford so that while they're moved on from Stafford, I can have a different team to root for. So hopefully he goes somewhere like the Colts, the Broncos, the 49ers, like somewhere where he actually has a chance to succeed. Swapping him for Deshaun Watson does nothing for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ooh, from, a selfish,
2: from a selfish aspect. From a selfish aspect. And that is because I am such a big Matt Stafford fan. I want to see him do well. <laughs> so I would love to, as much as I would love to see Jashawn Watson in the Honolulu Blue, I do not want to see Matthew Stafford down hey, in awesome. Houston. <laughs> he can go down to Dallas or anywhere else, really. Um, but him going down to Houston is not a place that uh, I feel like he would want to go after the way that he uh, the prior quote unquote Patriots went when they're building the same kind of thing down in Houston.
0: I would say, yeah, you trade Stafford almost immediately. He's like one of your only assets, and it's a complete rebuild in Detroit. And there are so many teams from the Steelers to the 49ers towards the Colts who have large quarterback questions and who are in positions where they can't really afford to do a rebuild themselves. And they're not in a position to go out and draft a guy in the top 10. So but they do have assets. They have draft picks. There's more like you're not gonna accumulate top ten draft picks, but you're gonna accumulate a lot of maybe back end first rounders or mid draft where you tech you generally get a bulk of your day to day guys, your solid guys, your rock guys. Maybe not your stars, but that kind of rock talent. So yeah, I would be a thousand percent open. Because he's really the only asset on the Lions right now. That's worth yeah. Yeah. And it's a complete yeah. rebuild. Like it's
2: not like Stop saying that. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not like you're it's not like you're buying a house like, and you only gotta do Yeah, it's only it's not like you just bought a house <laughs> and you're just redoing the upstairs bathroom. No, you're gutting the entire thing. Like there's nothing there's nothing really there. Um it's you're tearing it's it to the like bolts and studs.
2: Just cutting me where it hurts. He's like <laughs> twisting it around and like leaving it in there. Yeah, but that's, I Born
0: think, on there. yeah, it gives you assets. You might get a player yeah, really. back in return, but there are teams out there who are now very desperate for a quarterback. New Orleans is going to be one of them, unless they go yeah, with Jameis. Like, there are these yeah. there are these teams that are built to win now, but because they had aging quarterbacks, they're now fine, or they didn't have a quarterback in the 49ers case, that needs something now. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I'd be 100% open so, to it. And so he has real, has real value. Stafford has real value
2: right now because he has a ton of value because he's a, a relatively low-paid um, quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean and he gets still sling it. There. And and because the Lions are going to have to bear the brunt of the cap hit next year because it was all salary cap bonus money. So he has a low very low and extremely low cap hit to the team that trades for him. Yep. The only the only um the only question mark I have on that is really like where do the Lions go from there? I mean i'm of the i'm of the school of thought where i don't really care sometimes like they can just ride with chase daniel next year for all i really care um and just completely tank and be the own 16 Lions again and then they have a starting quarterback or like is there still as compelling of an argument it to trade stafford if zach wilson zach wilson right the byu quarterback my yeah. st- is his, his first name zach it is Wilson or um, Justin Fields. If either of those two are not there, do you still think it makes sense to trade them?
1: I yeah. One, I think Detroit should be committed to tanking. Like I think everybody just needs to get on the same uh, schedule, same page, and just go ahead and tank. A, a little note here: uh, Pittsburgh did sign uh, Haskins. They did, uh, but I don't so, think he's going to be the future there.
0: I mean, maybe um, he will. We'll
1: maybe we'll see they've done some
0: (laughs) things yeah it's not that i could he potentially yes what he put onto the field and i'm not somebody who's going to write off haskins because he there's a small sample pool of what he did Mm -hmm. but did he step on the field the problem well i guess i'm kind of going back the steelers do have a longer timetable with head coaches and quarterbacks so like that's the best fit for him if he's gonna succeed in the NFL for sure, because mm-hmm. he's gonna have more. Yes. He'll have a he'll have kind of a longer timetable there um, to develop. But they're also in a position where they can't really wait. So, yeah, it still might make sense for Stafford to come in and be the guy, and then if you believe in Haskins, have him sit behind Stafford, learn from Stafford, spend more time learning the offense and developing his skill set because he does. He he just. He holds onto the ball for a really long time. He doesn't really trust his arm, which is fair because it's it's been a tough adjustment. And in the NFL nowadays, quarterbacks have such a short timetable to succeed that, honestly, yeah, it might be if you believe in Haskins or you, you saw something that made you want to sign him, which they obviously did, it's probably better to go get Matthew Stafford or a Tyrod Taylor or a... Um, Maybe not Jameis Winston, because he's also a free agent this up here. But another kind of senior guy that can start immediately. The, well, I'll Haskins take Haskins mentor. over.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd take Haskins <laughs> probably
0: over Jameis too. But I'm, what I'm getting to is instead of throwing him right back into the Wolves' den, giving him some time to sit and really learn. Because he was he only had a year at Ohio State. Not even a year, because he came in right. for an injured quarterback. And then he and
2: it'll be barely had any time for too. Washington. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see too what he, what what the differences are in Pittsburgh for him versus what they were in Washington. Because Ron Rivera, I mean, he really didn't want Haskins to be his quarterback. He came in there and kind of brought Kyle Allen to be the starter, anyways. So this is true. I think he had to guarantee the management because Washington, they're still the they're still Washington football team. Like they still have a messed up hierarchy, yeah. Um, management structure with Dan Snyder still there um so it's interesting to see if he's able to when he's actually fully committed to and fully being given the reins of a football team what he can do because sure he was promised four games and then they'd reevaluate but like when you're told that like and you know the other guy brought his quarterback with him from his old team like it's a whole odd um structure
1: yeah, that was a weird – that that the position that Dwayne Haskins was in, if you've ever, like, been in a job where you have to train your replacement, I think that was probably the, the closest you could get to, like, Haskins. Like, oh, let me show you around the locker room, and then I know that tomorrow I won't have a <laughs> – Yes. <laughs> I won't have this job anymore. I refuse to believe that he's a bust. I know a lot of people want to say that he is, but I, I just refuse to believe that. He has all the tools. I think, like you're saying – Nate, that if he can go somewhere where they can help him put the tools together, it'll be better than just saying, all right, get behind this O-line and, you know, uh, take control of this offense. Um, because, like you said, even at OSU, not there long, you know, not yeah. playing. So.
0: He doesn't have a ton of football experience. Like, he has the physical arm strength and attributes there. But it was very apparent the game's just too fast for him right now, which is fair for almost – I don't know if there's a lot of quarterbacks – ever who could play the small sample size he did at Ohio State and then come right into the NFL in a situation like Washington and play right away and not have the game be fast for him. Um because it it did it felt like the game was just too fast and mentally he wasn't ready for it, which is fair. I mean, he's young. He's football young. Um so yeah, he could absolutely succeed. I I think it's the Steelers. If he were to go to another organization that wasn't the Steelers, I would say yeah, no, he probably isn't going to out because yeah. i think with the steelers they have a they have a they set a longer timetable for players and are willing to stand by players for longer to try to develop them um which is what it should be for every organization um so yeah he that's the best spot in the nfl for him um without a doubt outside of maybe yeah no i think that'd probably be the best spot yeah uh, i don't know
1: where else he would go yeah i was trying <laughs> to think in my head i was like no
0: i can't really do that there's no real spot that i think would eventually give him a legitimate shot at being a starting quarterback in the nfl to get back to the Lions, to a little bit i think you do have the time to do a rebuild because you gave him a six-year deal now yeah that doesn't mean anything but that gives at least some sign to dan campbell and the ownership in that like you have some time here like you don't have to turn this thing around in four years um which is good which
2: is weird too because the head coach has a longer deal than our GM.
0: which i think is a sign that you believe. You're willing Dan Campbell Campbell to be kind of the CEO of this and give him. But that's also good of a head coach to know you now have freedom to go go work with your GM to just do a rebuild and not have to be like, we have to turn this around now, um, which is good. There have been a lot of coaching hires um, so far. A lot of them haven't made sense. I like the Robert uh, Solemn to the New York Jets. I think he's been deserving of a head coach job um and that's going to be an interesting hire urban's obviously there the brandon staley and arthur smith hires are bringing into question why is eric benemy not getting a head coaching job we said this in our group text why is todd bowl raheem morris not out there um i have some thoughts there are still some jobs open still obviously so it's not a sealed deal that they're not going to get a job would you all like to make a comment here first or would you like me just to kind of go into it (laughs)
1: No, no, I would, I would I would, like to hear your thoughts, Nate.
0: So I definitely think there is the obvious part to this. There is a, a race component absolutely to this. And it's much deeper because I think right now it's easy to point out the fact and it, it's the fact that minority head coaches aren't really a thing in the NFL. Um, it runs – there's so many people who hear that and kind of will say we're playing or I'm playing the race card here. And I'm not saying it's solely race that is keeping this because there are some other factors, but it's deeper than just him getting the head coaching job. Right now, there's only two OCs that are black in the league. Leftwich down in Tampa and Eric Benemy in Kansas City. The current trend in the NFL is hiring offensive-minded guys. It's hard to hire African-American head coaches, when there aren't that many OCs and there aren't that many OCs because a long history within the NFL is African American football players were not quarterbacks. Yes, there are some sprinkled throughout the league's history. When you look at it today though, it's, they're definitely more prevalent, but there is that dark side of the NFL history of viewed, not smart enough to be quarterback. Like that's just a fact um, and that is part of the NFL history. That's part of their framework. Um, and because of that, that has hurt getting OC jobs. That's hurt getting quarterback coaching jobs. That's hurt getting off being put in positions of offensive leadership to then eventually go get an NFL head coaching job. Um, now, that may change here in the future because we are seeing within football the landscape change and becoming part of the times. Um, part of it is there is also just really bad ownership. Um, and there is, I would believe, because we, we've seen it, some probably racist ownership. I mean, you had Steve McNair, the Texans owner, literally a couple years ago, quoted saying, we can't let the inmates run the prison around kneeling for the Bob. national anthem. Bob. Huh? Bob. Bob yeah, sorry, not Steve McNair. Jesus, my bad. Bob McNair. <laughs> Fuck, dude. So bad. Bob. Um, <laughs>
1: Sorry, sorry Steve. Yeah, sorry
0: Steve, just fucking throwing you under the bus. Um I mean, hell, different sport, but in the NBA, the Clippers situation, that didn't happen all that long ago. Like it there there are these parts within the framework. Now, there are I don't think it's solely a race thing. Um but I think when you have somebody like Brandon Staley getting the Chargers job who 5 years ago was a D3 head coach, he's been a coordinator for a year. You have Zach Taylor last year getting hired who's never been an OC, never been a coordinator. He'd been a wide receiver coach and a quarterback coach and only for like a year. It does call into question, why is Eric Benamy not getting an opportunity? Now, some will say he interviews bad. Maybe there's some truth to that, but I can tell you right now, there's no way he interviews bad enough for these guys to be interviewing so well that the credentials don't meet. Like, that's just not a thing.
1: Also, how did he get the OC? job if he interviews that poorly
0: this is my next point how does he become the offensive coordinator for arguably one of the greatest NFL coaches in the history of the NFL if he is such a bad interviewer or if he doesn't know his stuff there is not a chance Andy Reid's letting him take control or be a part of that offense if he can't interview well if he doesn't know his shit there's no way Patrick Mahomes is speaking out to him calling Deshaun Watson saying hey You guys should interview him. He's good. Like, all these things play in, and there is absolutely – like, you can't look at some of these hires and say there isn't, because what's the difference? He has a better resume. He's got more experience. He's under a great coach. He's been under his leadership forever. Like, there is literally one thing, and it runs deep – like, there's a deep disparity here, like – and unfortunately, there's a guy I'll talk about here in a little bit who I think is also going to get a, a head coaching job who is probably going to get wrapped into this. Wrongfully so, because I do think he also deserves one And Brian Dole over at the Bills. But that's a different story. I'm looking at some of these hires, and they just don't make sense. It doesn't add up. I mean, maybe they'll be good. Maybe Brandon Stanley will be a great head coach. Maybe. But right now, it doesn't. he doesn't deserve Like, There's nothing that indicates he should be a head coach of an NFL football team.
2: Real quick on Brandon Staley, just because uh, he was rumored to the Lions with Brad Holmes as well, and I was kind of hoping for him because he is a, he is a younger, um, he is a younger defensive mind. Um, but it, I didn't really see him going anywhere but Detroit to work with a GM that he was familiar with. So it did shock me, even with his level, with his level of experience that he got, looks at other jobs.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and part of this is cyclical, like. I think 2 years ago there was there was 8 8 coaches in the NFL um that were black. That's 25% of the league, but that's still like that was an anomaly. That wasn't like the norm. And it doesn't and it has to do with it has there's it's deeper than just that. Like there's so much there from the I mean, hell, Lamar Jackson when he was coming out of college, he had um what's his face? Bill Polian saying he should play wide receiver. That man was a GM for a long time. Like now he did hire Tony Dungy. So I guess there's that part.
1: Um, but yeah, it it absolutely, that's part of this. Yeah. So a couple, a few things. One, there's, there's three black coaches in the NFL. And we're talking about a league comprised of 68% of the players are, um, black African-American, whatever you want to call it. Um, so this means that the NFL is using black bodies to raise money for the majority, right? Not saying that they're not using white body, Latino bodies, whatever, but the majority of the bodies that they're using uh, are those of black people. And I am I am purposely saying, you know, using black bodies as, as a way to say, like, look, these players are going out there every single day, putting their bodies online. Yes, they get paid a lot of money but nfl nfl owners and nfl make way more off their off their backs right and to say that there are only three black coaches that's it it's a travesty um to give you just a little bit of like behind the uh our inside baseball to use another sports analogy here um I, I do identify as black for those of you who don't know. Um, And one time I get, I was interviewed for a job. I was interviewing for a job and I didn't get it, but I asked for feedback because I knew the recruiter. Um, And she told me that the biggest note that I got (laughs) from interviewers was that I had too much charisma. (laughs) Now, (laughs) Let me tell you, I've never like I've heard <sighs> what things said to me about my interview style, whether it was the way I speak, which again, racist, uh, or the way I carry myself or hold myself, what have you. But too much charisma was the first. was a first for me. I had never heard of anything so absurd in my life. Um, and you know, like she apologized to me and everything. it wasn't her fault. She was just a recruiter, right? So I say that to say, like, when you're, as Nate pointed out, when you're interviewing for a head coaching position, you're probably being headhunted by a white recruiter, right? And then you're going to be interviewed by white general managers and white, white HR specialists. And then at it's all said and done, you probably, there's probably not many black people working in that head office. So if we're not even getting like i don't know how many black general managers are in the nfl but i'm sure it's not a lot yeah, right like a <laughs> i'm <horse> sure <laughs> right i'm sure it's not a lot this this is a systemic issue that's pervasive in our society but very much apparent in the sports world uh like you said in our text messaging in our in our group chat we talked to, we even talked about the um, ncaa where there's 130 coaching positions and there are 10 11 you know, black head coaches. That makes zero sense. I'm sorry. It just does. That just doesn't make sense. If there's a hundred jobs and ten people, ten percent of them are ten, ten of them are black. It just doesn't make sense. Um, and this, the other sports leagues don't get off from this. The same is true for the NBA, um, the MLB. We want. We don't even have time to get into <laughs> the problems with the race and the MLB. We'd be here uh, for. <laughs> all, we'll be here all night. Um, but the the other thing with this is the NFL is much more willing to give white coaches the chance to fail and fail miserably and then say, well, we can't hire a black coach because we don't know if he's qualified enough to run the team. When you have a coach coaching a bad team for years, and then if you do have a decent coach, not a, a, a great coach, like, like, uh, not unlike we had in, um, With the Lions, you'll say, "Well, they're not winning enough, right?" And then you Mm -hmm. fire them. So, what do you do? And then finally, and I'll end my rant here. The pipeline, supposedly, at, at least for right now, is: I go to, I'm in college, I'm OC for a college team. I then move to the NFL. I'm OC for that team. That team wins the Super Bowl. I should now be qualified to be a head coach that just does not seem to be true for coaches of color particularly the black ones
0: yeah and like I said there there's a chance that Eric Benamy might still get hired but it's bigger than just like that one hire because you cannot hire a coach while they are still coaching so it's why like he could potentially have there could be an organization in there that wants to hire him that hasn't but it's much bigger than that because even if that that's just one additional one and like I pointed out there's only two OCs right now and that is like yes there are teams still hiring defensive guys but that's not sort of the fad right now which also speaks to the hiring practices in the NFL because and Tony I agree with Tony Dundry said this a little while ago and it's something I believe for a long time especially about ownership like ownership is bad like just like in everything there's mm-hmm. only 32 teams there's only 32 jobs like me head coaching but ownership across the league like there aren't good owners and there are These owners think they know more about football than they really do. But when you ask them, what do you want in a head coach or what do you want in a GM? They don't really know. They typically give whatever the answer is for that, like, fad. And right now, it's young, offensive-minded guys, which is the fad right now. And it's hard to have young, offensive-minded guys, especially black ones, when there's only two OCs that are African-American. So, like, this is part of the problem. But, like, it Tony Dungy always says it's about leadership. So even if they're not the best X's and O's guys, like even if you think Eric Benamy, for example, and that's the one we're kind of using right now, I could use Todd Bowles here, isn't a great X and O's guys, or you don't believe that that offense is his, it's more Andy Reid. Okay, how is he from a leadership position? Because that's ultimately what you need in a head coach. You need a guy who could be a leader. And there is literally nothing, nobody has said a bad word about him that would suggest that he isn't a leader. Um, so that makes it hard. The... I know Tim, you had thrown out like the Raheem Morris and Todd Bowles. They should also be in this mm-hmm. conversation. Todd Bowles makes no sense that he isn't getting looks right now because he's put together a phenomenal defense. He's been a head coach. He was a head coach for the Jets, and he did as good of a job as I think it's, anybody could have done with that organization. It's
2: the Jets. It's like, the Jets. I expect him to succeed. And they, That's yeah. like coming to the Lions and expecting him to, to exactly. be a good head coach. Like If you have your first chance as the Jets, You're almost just expected to fail. Like If you get fired, you should be picked up by somebody else, especially if you do a mediocre job at the Jets.
0: Yeah, and I didn't even think he did a bad job. I thought he did a good job for what he had. When you look at what he had and what he got, it was honestly pretty good, I thought, at least. I do think he'll eventually get an opportunity here, um, but it might be a while. Raheem Morris, I think he gets a new job. I think the fact that um, that defense, I know it improved when he became the head coach, was so bad when he was the defensive coordinator, hurts him a little bit, but I also think... But we're talking about like one or two guys, which is a problem. And I come back to these things of like the Zach Taylors of the world, the Brandon Stanleys. They might become great head coaches, but there is no reason they should be jumping the queue here. But they are given the benefit of the doubt, as Dante said, that isn't given to the benefit of the doubt of people who don't look like me. (laughs) Like That's just a fact. And that is, you can choose to ignore that, you can choose to agree with part of that, but maybe not, but like that is the pure and simple fact. And it, and it comes from being given the right opportunities. Um, and I think, you know, as the sport develops, it's going to be harder to be for the arguments to hold true. And one of the ones that I put up, like, you know, there aren't that many black OCs. There are not that many quarterback coaches, that type of thing, because they didn't, get the opportunity to play quarterback it's gonna be harder as we see the expansion of the league and players getting these opportunities but like you can't say there isn't there isn't a racist factor in here when like the fact that black athletes weren't allowed to play quarterback at the highest level because they were they were thought to be not smart enough to do it like that is a 100 percent part of the nfl story and that didn't just like happen 100 years ago mm-hmm. so like you can't say and that this doesn't play in
2: right and to even piggyback on your point too to become a, a quarterbacks coach or an offensive coordinator, you don't have to be a good quarterback. No, Kellen Moore has risen risen through the ranks. <laughs> He's being head coaching job. He was he couldn't even play quarterback. Look sure, at he that came out of Boise State, great, but he, he got to the NFL. He couldn't do anything. The Kellen Moore. And let's thing. not talk about the back backup white quarterbacks either. Um, oh my with god, with how much money they make and do nothing.
0: Kellen. K- Kellen Moore has the Cowboys. What do we say every year? And I know he hasn't been there that long about the Cowboys. Oh, they have all this potential in the world. We never talk about them actually winning on the field. It's all about how much potential they have. He is not tapping into the potential. You know who's tapping into that potential right now? Eric Benhamy up in fucking Kansas City. Like, that team is tapping into that fucking potential right there. Um, And yes, Andy Reid has a, a huge part of it. And they go, well, look at Andy Reid's coaching tree. I'm sorry, you mean Doug Peterson who won a Super Bowl? And yes, I know Matt Nagy's sort of an idiot, but they did go to two playoffs. Like, I'm sorry, but these are OCs under Andy Reid who have had success at the next level. Like also, these arguments that... are so bullshit. <laughs> yeah, Why is,
1: how is that even an indictment on your current OC? That makes zero sense, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, I agree. I, I Just like all these arguments you put are just, like every argument that's put in front of us can just be knocked down um now i did mention like i do think the bills oc brian i'm gonna mess up his name bill uh uh, what's his name dole brian Dable. Dable, yeah like i think he's gonna get a job and i i think he's deserving of it i think he might be the only one that's truly deserving right now i guess you could make the argument for urban meyer because he was he was so successful in the college level but he has no experience in the nfl so there is an argument there to be like what the fuck um but he was so successful but dable i mean he has multiple championships his two biggest reference are bill belichick and nick saban the greatest coaches in their specific levels he turned josh allen helped turn josh allen into an mvp candidate like he's doing some things but like he's really the only one right now who doesn't have a job who i think's gonna have a job because he's just currently coaching right now um that even has, like, grand to stand on that's like, yeah, he's not only qualified but deserving of a job, the rest of them. I mean, you're telling me this list of coaches is they're all, like, you look at the resumes and you go, yeah, they're going to be great. I mean, maybe they will. But once again, there's nothing there that says, yeah, they're going to be great and that we're hiring yeah, guess, the best people for these jobs.
2: Right, yeah. At the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that right now – um, organizations are not taking chances on black head coaches the way that they are taking chances on white head coaches and that is something that needs to change because it's n- not right and it's it's not it doesn't make any sense really
0: yep those are my thoughts on it I don't know if you have anything else to wrap up <laughs> nah, I feel just like just I did a lot of the talking there so I don't I want to no. make sure I give open or er, same availability to all here but it is
1: Nah, it's it's just, ridiculous. It's just frustrating. It's, it's definitely frustrating. Like, I, I was doing this thought experiment while we were, um, you know, going back and forth in our group chat. Uh, like, what if all the coaches in hockey were black and there were three white coaches? What <laughs> would, <laughs> what would we be saying, right? It would right. There yeah, would, yeah. would be. I'm sure people would be like, we need a, a whole new hockey league is what yeah. they would burn say. it down to the ground and restart. Yeah.
0: We just bought a mm-hmm. house and we need to tear it down to the bolts and studs that type of thing. That's <laughs> right. what we've be talking about.
1: Yeah. Right. And so like, then why is it this and not saying that I'm not saying that to say that there can't be a great black hockey coach. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. And that if the, there was majority black coaches, because as Tim has pointed out and you pointed out, there are currently OCs who have never stepped foot on a football field right they're just offensive coordinators mm-hmm. um, particularly at the college level not so much at the um, at the NFL level. So who knows but the point being that it their league at least it seems on paper is representative of their players and right now both from a owner standpoint and a head coaching and a coordinator standpoint, that's not true of the NFL or the NBA, and I mean we're only talking about the you know a color, color based thing, right? But you know there's also the argument to be made for more women coaches. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I will never sit here and argue that diversity is a bad thing. I know people will, but I'm never gonna argue for that.
0: I won't either. I think it's a positive no. and a strong thing. And I I think you know part of this. A lot of people sort of get defensive on this idea of like, well should we just hire? Him? because they're black, and it's like, no, that's not what we're saying here. Like, if you did a blind test right now, if you could not see... If you had Brandon Staley's resume, and he was behind a wall in which you could not see him, and you had Eric ben resume, and he was behind a wall in which you could not see him, you cannot tell me that Mm -hmm. that's the better pick. I don't care how great of a talker he is. Like, no matter how good of an interview you give, if Eric ben is truly giving bad interviews, which I cannot imagine, but say let's just buy into that theory that yes, that is true. There's no, there's still no way that you could give that good of an interview and still be considered a better candidate for a head coaching job. Like there's just no way. So there, there, what is the other factor? The other factor is skin color here. There's no real other like determining factor here. In my opinion,
1: these, these must be the worst interviews of all time. They have to be, have to be. That's what you're leading me to believe because there's
0: no, that's what I'm saying. Like in order to buy into that theory, you have to believe, On round two of this, because he did this last year. So maybe last year he wasn't prepared and wasn't good at it. Maybe. And that's a maybe. You're telling me year two, it's the same story? the fuck are we talking about here? Um, He wasn't even on the list for the Texans job. One of the best OCs in the league wasn't even on the list.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's got to be on every list until he gets hired. It's not that hard.
0: It's insane. Um, All right. Let's talk some games here, unless you have anything else to add. Oh, yeah, real quick.
2: That's what, I was drawing a blank on what else I wanted to bring up. But it, it, bringing diversity into the coaching and upper-level management realm creates a whole new level of how you can relate to your players as well. Because in Detroit, James Edwards, one of the beat writers for The Athletic, wrote a piece on Jeremy Grant and why he ch- chose Detroit was because of black empowerment and because Detroit had a black GM and a black coach, and he could bring, and he could um, he could relate to both of them, and he wanted to succeed in Detroit because of that. I mean, he left Denver to come to the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the same amount of money because of that. So there, there's there's really no excuse for not giving black coordinators, um, assistant coaches, whatever level they are, a look. At a head coach, and GM roles.
0: Yeah, and there, there's obviously the argument hire the best person for the job, but we can't say that because that's not currently happening. Like, how can you say that they're it's hiring the happening. best? Yeah, yes. it's not happening. Like, we can't be having that argument <laughs> because it's not currently happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all right. Um, let's talk some games here real quick. Unless – is there any other final thoughts? I don't want to cut it off before. No, No, that was
1: it. That that was it. I mean, the last thing I want to talk – I mean, you brought up some of the things. The other thing – the other knock on Eric just to – is that he doesn't call the offensive plays. um, Andy Reid does. uh, But that was not true for the two previous OCs there. (laughs) So that's a dumb argument too.
2: (laughs) Did you see see Andy Reid's face mask at the beginning of the – the season when it was all fogged up, and he had his play card in front of his lips, like he was trying to block his mouth from covering his plays. His mask was complete fog; he could not see through it. And I remember even seeing on Twitter at the time, and they were like, "Everybody still is saying that this man is the one that's calling the plays." <laughs> <Well, laughs>
1: he is, a, he is quote unquote an offensive genius, right? That's his right. claim
0: to fame. Yeah, Andy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he is. But, yeah, it's a stupid argument for Derek Benjamin. I and it even goes to the point, I know it's a different level, so you, it's hard to compare the NFL to college, but, like, how many times has a- Alabama's video coordinator gotten a fucking coaching gig? <laughs> right. Not calling plays. Not even. He's not even coaching a position. He's like the video coordinator is getting a fucking job. Um, so, Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um we'll see. And like I said, there's a chance he can get a job, but still, that's not like We're talking about yeah. one guy right now, which is that's that's the sad part guy. right now. We're, we're yeah. like we we have to go to bat and have this long segment because there's one clear-cut guy who should be getting an opportunity and he's not and it's just one. Like that's probably even the sadder part. And like when I looked yep. it up, like how many how many OCs are there? There's two. Left which And Eric Benamy, there's two out of 32 positions, out of 32 job offerings. Crazy. Now, part of that also comes down to just, it's kind of the back history of, there wasn't a ton of quarterbacks, like, and that's what helps you get OC jobs and things like that, but, like, still, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, Bucks Packers, let's talk games. Lines at three. Oh, I know you were
1: happy last weekend.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh so happy! Lines at three and a half. Packers are obviously favored over unders fifty two. Tommy and the boys are rolling. We are going to be the first team to host a Super Bowl in our own city. Game set match. Actually, I don't know on this one. I could literally honestly say it, convince, I gonna say, Nate, convince you me, convince
2: me, Nate. Nate. I'm looking for reasons to take the money line here. It is at plus one forty eight, and sports gambling in Michigan just became legal. And they're giving out some free bonus bets that you have to spend this weekend, so... This is true. I would say... Why should I put my money on plus 148?
0: Hold all bets until day of, because some of the things they're going to say are going to be determined of snow factor here. Because the Bucks will not win this game if they cannot get pressure. And if they're slipping and sliding all over the place because there's snow, it's hard for DNs to get up field. It's hard for corners to play lockdown man from a team that does not play in the snow. Playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny is good. He is fantastic, but that is, that's going to be a hard, I'm not saying they can't win if it's snowing. I'm just saying the task becomes a whole lot more daunting because if we play zone with our secondary, who is young as hell and has a ton of miscommunications, if we're playing zone, Aaron Rodgers is going to cut through us like hot knife to butter. All right, like it isn't even gonna be. I mean, maybe we score a bajillion points too because their defense kind of sucks. I think, in my opinion, in places, they always suck. Yeah, but like it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be really tough. <laughs> so the Bucks win this game if it's not snowing by being able to bring pressure. We get via 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 back potentially here. Our run efficiency one of the best run defenses in the league yards per carry and efficiency doubled when he was out compared to where he was. He is a run stopper, a run eater having him and Sue in the middle. I cannot overstate this enough is literally too much. That's too much meat down there to block. All right. That's too much. It's too much. They're too big. They're too ferocious. It's impossible to block down there. And that opens up the ends. Bakhtieri's out on the left tackle. They're going to have some concerns there. We're gonna. We bring a ton of pressure. Todd Bowl loves to bring pressure. Devin White, if you all saw the Saints game, hard hitting dude. Most tackles in the league for losses. Leading tackler on the Bucks. He's good. He's healthy. He's able to play. He showed no signs of of slowdown post uh, COVID. This is a hard hitting team. This is a fly to the ball team, but it all depends on being able to bring pressure. If we can't bring pressure, the Packers
1: are probably gonna cut through us. I mean, Drew Brees did turn the ball over three times. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to do that. No, he isn't. But
0: is he going to be able to take deep shots? I don't know if he's going to be able to take deep shots. If his timing is off, he's got to move around a little bit more. I think it becomes harder. He becomes a, he becomes more human under pressure <laughs> is what I would say. He becomes more human. If you let him sit back there, he's the best quarterback in the world from a skill yeah. standpoint.
1: okay. He's well, the, at least we're all on the same page.
0: Yeah, he is the best quarterback from a skill, arm, talent standpoint. If you let him stand back there, clean pocket, there's nobody better, I think, on the planet right now.
1: I don't see how the Bucks win this game. I'm sorry, and Nate, you know.
2: Well, here's I how we win. Because I don't either.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: we're going to be able to run <laughs> the, only the ball. Reason is Tom Brady and Aaron Correct. Rodgers choke job in the NFC Championship game. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna, to to we're gonna be able to run the ball. to
0: We're gonna be able to run the ball. And this conversation is much different if Godwin makes that catch, which he does typically make in the back of the end zone last week, and Gronk makes that catch. That's 14 points right there. That probably, that normally are they're hard catches, but those two generally come up with that ball. So it's a different conversation with if that's happening. I think this week, Antonio Brown is out. I'm on, well, not out. He may be out. He's banged up. It's not been declared yet. I apologize for misuse of the words. He's banged up a little bit. Not a bad thing. Scotty Miller, not a bad replacement. There is a insane amount of talent between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Cameron Brait has been showing out. Playoff Lenny has been showing out. Ronald Jones is a beast of a running back. And the Packers defense is a little weak on the run. So if we can run the ball, control the clock, use play action, and we can get pressure so that Aaron Rodgers can't have quick strikes, quick big strikes... This game is very winnable. But if we can't, this game is very losable. So I like the over mostly. I got the over earlier in the week at 51, earlier uh, yesterday. It's at 52 right now. I like the over. And I like the bucks value. It's plus 100 at plus 3.5. I like the bucks 3.5. But I could see a blowout, potentially. Wait for that snow. If it's snowing, I don't have a lot of faith. I, yeah. I have faith that we're going to get someone like plus three I think we're going to score But I don't think we're going to stop them. So if it's not snowing though I like my Bucks' chances They're better on Here's the road the thing. <laughs> And they played better against them Or they they beat them handedly Earlier in the season Now it's a different Aaron Rodgers, I get that But they did beat them handily, And they beat them because they brought a lot of pressure And they had them moving and they had them rattled So it's possible it's just it the linchpin is pressure. And can they get there? Okay.
1: Okay. That's that, the linchpin. Yeah, I'm a linch. I, I don't
0: know.
1: Aaron well, Rodgers last have
0: week. They don't have Bakhtiara in the left tackle spot. And they're not going to be able they they can't pick their poison like they could against the Rams because Aaron Donald was hurt. Because Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul are absolute monsters on the edge. And then if you if you give them help, who's helping against Sue? Like it's just or if we bring linebacker pressure, Devin White and Levante David are fast as hell and they are well, White is big as hell. Um, David isn't as big, but still can lay the wood. Like it's it's a lot to deal with up front.
2: You had me talked into it, Nate. I'm kinda of leaning towards Buck's money line and parlaying that with the over.
0: But like I said, if it's if it's snowing and it's the ground is real wet. Don't do this
2: to me. Don't do this to me. I cannot watch Aaron Rodgers win another football game.
0: It's going to be hard.
1: It's going to be hard to win. He's Aaron
2: Rodgers. I hate him. You hate him? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I don't mind. The, the things
2: he has done to me as a Lions fan yeah, should not be allowed to be done to a person.
1: Fair. Hail Marys.
0: No Time running out. Stop it. I will be throwing some Hail Marys <laughs> full of graces on Sunday for sure. About, about three in the morning when I can't sleep for this game. I'll be throwing up some then and there. I'll probably break break the rosary out, and I'm not a very, like, religious person. (laughs) Um, I'll probably break that out, start praying, praying real hard around noon. Um,
2: Find it from the back of your sock
1: drawer.
0: Yeah. I think I might still have – my dad gave me one for my car a while back. I
1: don't know. But – I don't know. It's – it's winnable. Plus 425 for Tampa Bay is what I get right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely... it's Because I saw it happen earlier this year, and I know Aaron Rodgers is a different beast in the playoffs. But I'm just saying, if we can bring pressure, he becomes human. Because it, it's not... It's a mixture of how fast and big we are that makes me think defensively we can be good here. But like I said last week, If we can't do that, our secondary is young and there's a ton of miscommunications in at least four times a game. There are big play opportunities down the field. But if you don't have time to hit those...
1: Jameis Winston came right in.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You saw it. Miscommunication. (laughs) Completely left him wide open. In that Chiefs game, there were a couple passes that Patrick Mahomes missed, but because pressure got there, he was off balance when he made the throws, he over or under threw it.
1: And to that point, too... With the Saints, there were some that Drew Brees overthrew the times he could make the throw that yeah. that he overthrew, and he if maybe if they would let let Jameis in for a few more plays, the Saints might have scored.
2: Possible. Yeah, if they th- if they put more plays in with Jameis, they might have very
0: also thrown well a couple more pick sixes. Game. But hey,
1: <laughs> I mean, look, Drew Brees threw enough. Drew Brees drew enough. He did.
0: <laughs> we scored twenty one points off turnovers. I get that, but I'm just saying.
1: I don't disagree, but yeah, there are there are going to be opportunities, and it's just where we're at. And I think Todd Bowles. Also, what arm is showing up for Tom Brady? I know in the Saints game it was pretty good, but we've seen that arm. Yeah, it's waver. been fun,
0: and it was a little bit. It was a little bit waver in that Saints game, but then you saw him drop some absolute dimes. Yeah, we like it,
1: I saw him throw something, I was just like, "Wow!" There's Tom Brady, <laughs> and it's
0: incredible. As Phil, we haven't even mentioned Phil Rivers retiring, Drew Brees is probably retiring, Ben Roethlisberger is done. Like looking at those guys, and then turning on, the, like watching that Saints game and seeing Tom Brady at 43 do what he's doing, it's incredible. It's, it's like unimaginable what he's able to do. But yeah, I think we, I, I love. There's some people in the media bringing up the cold thing as if he didn't make a fucking legacy that, for himself playing that, in the northeast. Yeah. In yeah. Massachusetts. <laughs> I mean I know he's down in Florida. I mean, he's a warm weather
2: quarterback now, Nate. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot to adjust to. He doesn't it's really like he went to not like he went to U of M and then straight to New England and <laughs> hasn't left the Midwest since uh or the north, northeast, the north, northeast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in uh in 20 years, 25 years.
1: Yeah, I the heard code is not a factor here. That That's the dumbest argument I've heard. Yeah, at least not for him.
0: For the rest of them, there's some arguments there, but for him, yeah. it's like,
1: oh, yeah, it, it definitely 20? was a factor for uh Lamar Jackson that he never got a warrant that is very true.
0: Yeah, and Mike Evans has had some issues in cold weather sometimes. Um the ball is a little harder to catch, but like I think I think we're fine. If it's not snowing, I think we're fine and this is a competitive ass game. But if it's snowing, traction's hard to get under. This becomes a little bit more difficult, but it opens up the over because Packers are also going to have some issues defensively, and if they can't get pressure and we can run the ball, we're going to score some points. Um so I like the over. The other game, Bills Chiefs. Yes. Bills Let's plus talk. three over 53. What are our thoughts here,
1: gentlemen? Bills Mafia. Not that I'm a part of it, but I got, like, I just got to jump on the bandwagon. Got there, right? I, have to. I
2: have to. I love them too. I love the Bills in
0: this game as well. Dude, I wanted so badly a Bills Browns AFC championship. <laughs> oh, my God. It would have been phenomenal. Those cities would have burnt to the ground. Um,. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Bills are awesome. I don't think the Bills have played their best offensive football, and I don't think that's a very controversial statement because they really haven't in the playoffs. There, I don't think there's going to be a huge win factor here. Um, I don't know what the temperatures are going to look at the game. That definitely played a factor into last week. I like the over here as well. I like the Bills, man. I like. I think they're probably going to employ the same strategy they did when they, they met um, this year and just do two safeties high and say you're going to have to beat us with a run, which is much more doable, um, mm-hmm. and, and dare them to beat them with a the run. Because if they're if the Chiefs have to beat them with a the run, you can rip off 300 yards and still only score 21 points. <laughs> like, if you're not having huge, big action passing plays, and then the Bills still have that in their repertoire. Um, yeah, I like the Bills. I really do here.
1: This is purely anecdotal, but the Bills seem like a team because I've only watched them during the playoffs. Right, the Bills seem like a team that has that have the most luck and the worst luck all at the same time. <laughs> like I was watching it's that pretty Coles good game, analogy bro, for them, <laughs> and there were so many delay a game uh, <laughs> that should have been called against the Colts that just were not called at all. And I was just like, wow. How can the Bills be – how do you expect them to win?
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, the Bills do have problems with tight ends, and, you know, Chief's got a pretty good one over there, a tight end. Um, hell of great news. I guess Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a concussion. Apparently what I watched on Sunday was just a pinched nerve. The man couldn't get up, but, hey, just that a pinched nerve. That man was
1: staggering. Like, he <laughs> should not be playing. He, he couldn't stand.
2: Now, I was – I rem- do believe that uh, Dr. Chow on Twitter, that – football doc guy that wrote oh, yeah. that article about how he had a pinched nerve and it happens. It's doesn't happen like ever really where it so it's happens like a, here. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, it's possible. Here's the good thing. I was reminded by this cause I saw a Pat McAfee um, segment on this. He cannot be cleared to play by a team doctor. He has to be cleared to play by an independent neurosurgeon, right? Okay, Neurosurgeon. Mm-hmm. So that does make me give now where that, Surgeon is from is a different uh, or neurologist, whatever from the they call it. NFL. He's from the NFL, but what city is he from or is she from? It doesn't matter. If yeah, from the NFL. <laughs> good point. Fair enough. <laughs> Come on, <Nate. laughs> Fair enough. Um, tr- like, is NFL this a Kansas? Not trotting out Chad Henney
2: to a. a- AFC championship
0: game. Yeah, is this is this a Kansas City doctor? Is this a, a Cleveland doctor? Is this where where are we in the scale of doctors here?
1: I mean, this is just like when uh when they were reporting that Ohio State was having COVID issues, and I was like, they're not gonna report any more COVID <laughs> yeah, cases. No. They sure enough did that.
0: So <laughs> did not. Uh, if the turf toe is a legit thing, though, that could be that could be concerning here. I just the Bills, like you said, they have the best and the worst luck, but they also just look like they're having a ton of fun out there um which is part of this you have to be when you're playing kansas city you have to stay loose and kind of not get down on yourself and just enjoy the game because if you it's very easily to lose it's very easy to lose yourself against playing the chiefs and think you have to do all these things and get out of what your game plan is because they put up points quickly here the bills can do that they're quick strike as well um so they just need to kind of stick with their game plan and i do think sean mcdermott who is a very good head coach and a good defensive guy is going to pick his poison and say hey you got to beat us with the run we're not going to let you beat us with the pass we're going to leave two safeties high we're going to give help over the top like you're just going to have to beat us with the run and take that choose that poison and i think this is a very winnable game
1: if he does that um again purely off topic but kind of not do these games feel very Early in the day to y'all, like three and six forty
2: is early because usually it's an (laughs) eight o'clock game.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm used to watching the Lions at one o'clock and then checking into football for the rest of the day, pretty much.
0: Yep. Yeah, I don't don't love the three o five kickoff time, but the
2: Lions are done. But you know.
0: I guess I do like the three oh five line. I I, I I take that back because at least it'll, the sun will be out for part of it. So you know, yeah, a little warmer. <laughs>
1: than- yeah, it's that it's the five. five for me, six for you uh Yeah, no. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. That- that, I'm like, oh, that game's going to be over and there's going to be a whole day left. <laughs> Not a whole day, but a, a significant portion of the day. Yeah.
2: Left. Right. But it's only nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah.
0: Only
1: nine
2: o'clock yeah. it's a good
0: point. It's a fair point. Yeah, and God, if you're on the West coast, that's kicking off at noon and three, <laughs> like that's you're done before day. dinner. <laughs> Perfect.
2: It's yeah.
0: a great day. Um. Yeah. I've got the over in this and then I think I'm rolling bills. Um, I, I'm pretty good with the overs. I think I'm going to ride bucks and bills just due to value um, But I'll tweet out my picks. I don't know if you all want to make it official picks here, but I think that's the way I'm going.
2: Nate, I think you've talked me into doing money line and over in both of <laughs> the games as a parlay. And then I'm going to do more realistic bets um, when I'm not dealing with the free bonuses on some of the sports books up here. But oh. I, think, I think the free bonus bets are going all on the money line and over parlay.
1: Got to risk
0: it to get the biscuit, man. <laughs>
1: So I've been consistently wrong on this podcast every time. So I'm gonna go the other. I'm gonna pick Tampa Bay and Kansas City.
0: All right. All right. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I went. Finally, got a good win in the NFL last week. I went three and one. Um. Did you mean Green Bay, Dante? Oh,
1: yeah. You, make, you, make you said Green Tampa Bay. Bay.
0: Yeah, you said Tampa Bay. You meant Green Bay. If you're going opposite of us. If you're going no, opposite, no, no,
1: of us. I, no, Both no, I no. no I meant Tampa. Okay. Bay. No. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Well, I, then... want, I want to pick Green Bay. So Ah,
2: you know. uh, okay. So you're going opposite of what your brain's telling you. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> we may have bred ourselves a gambler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to the Cove. Come join us here, my man. Um, you're riding with my Bucks and you're joining a gambling group. I like it. I like it. Um, uh, yeah, those are my picks. One, three, and one last week. Also, I accidentally said I went 43 er. I went. <laughs> I listened back to last week's pod. I said I went forty nine and three in degenerate reports. I meant forty nine and thirty three. Um, another uh, another miss misspeak.
2: Call, <laughs> called you out, but I was not paying attention <laughs> when you were giving away your stats. Yeah, I a few extra subscribers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I, I, I started off with I went sixty percent again this year in the general report. Went forty nine and three. No, forty nine and thirty <laughs> three. <laughs> um, yeah, not great, not great. Oh, well, I mean, great from a picking standpoint, but from a command of the English language and communication standpoint, not fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, went three and one last week in NFL picks. We'll see how it rolls here. Um, you all have anything else before we wrap this up?
1: Now, don't bite anyone's knees, despite whatever a head coach tells you to do. No. Just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, Dan Campbell. Yeah. He's going to be, I mean, he's either going to be a spectacular success in one of the most entertaining coaches in his press conferences,
2: or it's going to be a spectacular disaster. One of the Oh, two. yeah, he could, either, he could either very well be like Mike Rabel, who I could see him kind of being somewhat like, or he could be like the good old Rod Marinelli where we go on 16 because he just keeps moving forward. You know? <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> he's yeah, he's gonna be either Mike Vrabels Rables. Jeez. Or he's gonna start fighting players on the sideline and go, yeah, oh, in sixteen type of deal.
2: Or, or Jim Schwartz shaking your hand too hard type of a thing. <laughs> you know, you never really you don't really know what you're gonna get uh, with this guy. Just like every other Lions coach that I've had.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, not great. But all right. Beautiful disaster. I, I, probably. Ch- <laughs> history says so, but you know what, for Tim's sake, I hope it is a beautiful success and a lovely you know, marriage.
1: I would like to see the Lions win a playoff game in my life. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: fair. Yeah. I waited nine I I was not eight oh, the last time the Bucks do. won a, a playoff game. Then again they also He's won the a Super, Bowl Super Bowl that year. Bowl. Yeah, they Man, also won a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl this year.
1: I've never even seen a conference championship.
2: <laughs> or yeah. a playoff
1: win. Or a win.
2: Well it was ninety two, right? So Yeah, so technically I was born I was born. You were born, you didn't really see it. I wasn't quite born yet, so Fair enough, fair enough.
0: All right. That'll do it for us, gentlemen. As always. Peace. Peace.
2: Peace.